Welcome to Unquenchable Love with Brian Francis Hume. Each week, Brian will present a Christ-centered teaching to increase your passion for the Godhead. It is our hope that this podcast will be a burning lamp that leads you on a path to encounter God's unquenchable love for you. And now our host, Brian Francis Hume. Thank you, Golan. Such an honor to be here this morning amongst my tribe, my fellow CFNI students and alumni here. Before I just release what I felt like the Lord saying collectively for us this morning, I just want to say prophetically to the young lady here from Brazil on the guitar, I felt like the Lord was saying, you're one called by the Spirit of the Lord to burn. You're called to burn before him. As you burn before him in this secret place, you will burn before the nations of the earth. And God has called you, it's an anointing upon your life to topple wickedness. Wherever you relate the sound of worship, wickedness will be toppled by the Spirit of the Lord. And and I I see the Lord, even before you go back to Brazil, I believe God's going to send you even to Africa. And I kept seeing uh, uh, Lagos, Nigeria. It was almost like God's going to set a team forth, even from CFNI to Lagos, and there's going to be a breaking out of a youth revival. And God's going to use you in a place of burning before the Lord, burning in secret, burning in secret. And I'm telling you by the Spirit of the Lord, it's going to be something that breaks out in that nation. So I believe there's even people here that are bearing witness with that word. And God's going to begin to supernaturally bring that team together. But you're going to be a part of that team. And worship the king. Worship the king. So sister, here, while you're at CFNI, burn the midnight oil before the Lord. Amen. Bless you. Thank you so much. Let's give our sister a hand unto the Lord. November 14, 1992, I was a freshman in college at Bridgewater College in Virginia. And on that particular day, I was playing my last college football game. And during that game, there was a uh, particular play where there was a collision. Now, in life, there are lots of collision. There are times where we have these collisions that leave us staggering. Well, in this moment, you know, I'm 5'11", and at that time, I was about... A, a, a 180, 185 muscle bound. <laughs> a little different 30 years later. But, uh, but at that time, I had head-on collision with this guy about six foot two, 215, 220 pounds. And in that moment, he, he got the, the better end of the deal. And so I, I kind of staggered on the ground. I fell down. So they had to kind of help me off the field over to the sideline. Now, from that point on, I can't remember anything from that day for about eight hours. Now, some of my teammates told me afterwards that they took away the ch- my chin strap that I wouldn't get back into the game. I can't remember that. Uh, one particular player who, who's uh, with a teammate now is the pastor outside of Fort Worth was trying to convince me that the, the student trainer, the pretty female, was my girlfriend. I don't remember that either. And then at the end of that game, there was a bench clearing brawl on both, both teams went into the field just pounding each other. I don't remember that either. And so after the game, my parents were very concerned. They took me to the hospital, went through the whole process of, and I was diagnosed with a concussion that had, there was a medical term called amnesia. 
which means you, you, you're unable to remember anything because of the traumatic experience that your brain has in that given collision. And so, so they, were, they advised my parents to take me home because they would have to wake me up every hour during the night to check on me. And so they would, for years, tell me about the car ride home because for two hours, I would ask the same set of questions every five minutes. Now, can you imagine being a, a father or a mother and your child is asking the same questions every five minutes? Where my mom? Where my dad? What happened? <laughs> over and over and over. Now, there are collisions in life where you and I have these collisions where it causes us to be stuck in a place where we're asking the same questions because of that trauma. There's a trauma in that collision that causes us to go on repeat and we're asking the same questions. Why did that happen? Why did my parents get a divorce? Why, why was I molested at that church camp? Why did that person leave me? Why did my spouse leave me? There are questions that, in that place of trauma that get repeated over and over and, we, and we, cycle, we cycle that question in and out time and time again. What, what's the question? Because of a collision you've had in your past that you just can't seem to escape. It's like that question, whenever something happens in a given moment and it triggers that collision, all of a sudden the questions come back and you're just playing that on repeat and there's no answer that's suitable that you can find within your soul. I want to take you to Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 through 31. There's two blind men. And, and I'm fascinated because I have trouble seeing now. It's like looking through a little straw. And so it's really hard for me to get around. And so I find this passage fascinating. Two blind men following Jesus, the blind leading the blind. Praise God, I had Golan to lead me up here. But they were following Jesus, and as they followed him, what were they doing? They were shouting. They were crying out. I mean, trust me, two blind men following Jesus had a lot of questions they could have asked him. Jesus, why? Why can't I see? Jesus, why did this happen to me? Why? But no, they did not ask that question. What did they say? Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David. Have mercy on me. See, the questions that we ask are based on our terms. We, we come to God on our term asking our questions. We need to surrender. We need to surrender our questions at the cross. And we need to come before the cross say, Son of David, have mercy on me. So the question right now is, what is God's mercy? Now we've heard 
that the mercy of God is like the withholding of his wrath, his judgment. And that there's, there's truth in that. But mercy is so much more. So much more. My working definition is like this. The mercy of God is redemptive compassion fueled by unquenchable love. The mercy of God is redemptive compassion fueled by unquenchable love. The hardest and darkest place within your soul, oh man, the mercy of God will encounter. The mercy of God pursues us even when our hearts are broken. The mercy of God will pursue us even when the questions seem to haunt us. The mercy of God comes after us. Lamentation chapter three, Jeremiah writes, every morning, your mercies are new. Every morning. This morning, as we gaze upon Christ, and he is pouring out his mercy upon us in this place. He's pouring out his tender, his mercy that's fueled by his love, his unquenchable love. You know, Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He says, I urge you, brothers. And when Paul writes the word urge, trust me, he's a man of passion. Urgency of the Holy Spirit has saturated that very word. He's not just saying, I urge you, brothers and sisters. He's saying, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. We cannot offer ourselves as a sacrifice apart from the revelation of the mercy of God. The mercy of God. What are the questions this morning that are haunting you because of a previous collision? The mercy of God right now is coming after you. The mercy of God is coming after those questions to help you. The surrender, which you cannot do in your own strength. The mercy of God right now, this morning. We're just going to take a few minutes here and just continue to linger in God's presence. But there's some hard questions right now. Some of you guys, it's haunting you. You feel it. It's like that little whisper, it won't go away. The Father's good. The Father's good. His mercy, His tender mercy pursues us. His mercy breaks through the hard questions and tenderizes the heart before Him. I want you to respond this morning. I want you to come up, up here. And I want you to cry out to the Lord. Son of David, have mercy on me. I don't know what to do with this question, but have mercy on me. Tonight, this morning, let's respond to the Lord as we just linger in a place of worship and Golan will bring a close here in a few minutes. I want you to respond. What is the question? What is the collision? 
that brought back that brought about the question that's been on repeat time and time again that you need to bring to the cross come and cry out together collectively for the mercy of God your father right now by your spirit you touch the untouchable places in our hearts right now through the tender mercies of heaven thank you father that your mercies are new every morning your father right now we set our eyes upon Christ upon the son of God and we say father thank you for your mercies that came through the cross limitless boundless mercies of God revealed through Christ thank you father right now we bring our questions those haunting questions why we bring them right now this morning before the cross in Jesus name amen so let's just take a few minutes just ponder on those words talk to the Lord Lord I pray you would just give them a revelation they don't understand what your mercies are. They're walking through hard times. Speak to their hearts right now. Open up their hearts and their mind to receive and hear from you. Lord, I speak patience upon every person here. Patience, the fruit of patience. To be still and know that you're God. You're always trying to talk to us. You're always trying to say something. You're always nudging us. Most of the time, we're too busy. We're too distracted. We're on the go. We have a to-do list. We don't know how to be still. Anxiety, stress, worry, fear has taken over the world. But we speak peace and patience upon every person here. Peace and patience that only comes from you. The world's exciting for a time, but that peace that surpasses all understanding, there's nothing like it. There's no ups and downs with you, Jesus, when you have that peace. You walk through with a peace that we don't understand, and we never will. But we're learning as we hear here at Christ of the Nations to be still, to set aside everything else. Take time away with you and let you speak. Your sweet secrets, Lord. Secrets that you're wanting to share with each one of us as a father does with his children. And so we thank you for this time that we're able to always set aside with you and know that your arms are wide open, ready to share with us. As we just continue to linger in this, in the Lord's presence here, I just want to just speak prophetically. Um, Golan, are you here? My eyes here. Um, so, is there some a student here that is a, from the area of Akron, Ohio? Akron, A K R O N, somewhere in that general. Can you wave at me? I'm sorry, hurt me to see. Okay. So, what um, is it? Is it male or female? Just I can. Okay, good, good. I'm so sorry. Okay, okay. Um, right there? Yes, okay. Um, so what I was seeing from the Lord uh, regarding 
the, your call and what God has on your life. I felt like the Lord was saying that, that others had not been able to define you. And that's because the Lord himself has been defining you in this season as a daughter of the King. That there's been a stretching in this time and moment that you're in as the Lord's been stretching you into your identity as a daughter, a beloved daughter of the Lord. And that there's been a place of stretching that you have gone to and there have been times you've been wondering, Lord, can I make it? So the Father wants you to know, O oh daughter of His, that you can make it. And even in the midst of the stretching that you're walking through. It was almost like I saw a... Uh, I saw a pineapple turnover cake. It was almost like, you know, the world cannot define who you are. The world cannot define how you are. But yet the Father defines you even this day. And he defines you with the very word that he spoke over Jesus. And he said, you are my beloved daughter whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And I just felt like the Lord wants to affirm you today. In that reality of who you are as a beloved daughter, a beloved daughter. So whatever collision you've gone through, the Holy Spirit right now is just bringing forth a, uh, a purifying and a healing within your heart. In order to bring you into a fullness of the revelation of your sonship in Christ. And the last thing I want to say is I felt the Lord saying that, that you're called as one to be in Acts 17.6. And that, in that particular verse, it speaks of the disciples and it says of them, they were like those who turned the world upside down. And so there's a grace and a calling upon your life to turn things upside down wherever you are sent by the Lord. But it's not going to look like what you think. And what I sense the Lord saying, even as your time here at Christ for the Nations, that it was absolutely imperative for you to make sure that you learn to serve well with the heart of Jesus. And that, that the Lord, there would be time when you were going to want to choose a student ministry that was, uh, you know, exciting. But the Lord would say, no, I want you to choose maybe usher ministry or maybe choose hospitality. But I want you to learn to serve in that place because in that place of serving, the revelation is going to come as to how the Lord is going to use you to turn things upside down. Amen. So, Father, bless this precious woman. God, strengthen her in the revelation of sonship. She is your beloved daughter. And we thank you, Father, that, Lord, just as you're turning her world upside down, so too will you send her forth from Christ for the nation to turn the world upside down. In Jesus' name, amen. Just one more. And so, if there's somebody here, I kept seeing in the spirit, somebody uh, recently, in this recent season, you kept waking up at a specific time. And the time I saw was 2.27. Now, obviously, normally we, we get excited over, you know, I woke up 2.22 or 3.33, now Jeremiah 3.33. But I, I specifically saw somebody, it was like you woke up and you saw the time and it was 2.27 and you went back to sleep. Is there somebody here? So, Lord, thank you right now. I feel like God is going to unveil even Daniel chapter 2 for you. 
There's an unveiling of Daniel chapter 2. I believe God has called you even as one to be a prophetic voice, even, even amongst those who are called to the public arena. God's going to use you as a secret agent of the Lord. But there's a real sense of God calling you into a place of understanding your assignment and secret. It's almost like the word stealth is over your life. S-T-E-A-L-T-H. But you're one that's going to go undercover. You're one that's going to be sent places where there's, a, there's an assignment that's not seen in the public arena. But you're doing things behind the scene because you have an assignment from heaven to bring forth. But the Lord's even using this number 227 even to confirm some things in your calling, even to confirm things in the assignment the Father has upon your life. There's even he's calling you even to walk out in this time and season as a student at Christ for the nation, Matthew chapter 6, where you're going to learn to give in secret. You're going to learn to pray in secret and you're going to learn to fast in secret. But there's something about your secret history in God that's absolutely paramount that God is deepening here as a student at Christ for the nation. And that's going to be a significant part of your destiny and your calling and your purpose before the Lord. And so right now, by the Spirit of God, he's marking you with Matthew chapter 6, your secret history in God. It's going to be deep, and it's going to be profound, and you're called by the Lord to journal, to journal, to journal your secret history in the Lord all the days of your life. And there will come a point, there will come a time, there will come in a release where the Father says at the appointed time, I will permit you to release publicly what you've stewarded in secret before my eyes. But wait until the appointed time. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. This has been Unquenchable Love with Brian Francis Hume. Join us each week as we pursue God's heart for passion, purity, and prayer.